This week's episode of the Get Back Coach is brought to you by Odds Crowd. Odds Crowd has fantasy betting in leagues that include over $30,000 in cash prizes when you bet on NFL and college football. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you p- place fantasy bets, not actual money, against real odds and lines. The most profitable bettors rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download. You can group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free. And when you're there, put in referral code BRAN13. That's B-R-A-N-1-3. That'll tell them that the Get Back Coach sent you. On this week's episode of the Get Back Coach, we recap week seven with some winners and losers in college football this week. We preview week eight, and then we take your questions in our all ears segment. All that and a lot more. All right, let's get after it. Welcome to another episode of the Get Back Coach presented by Branded Sports. I am your host, Jake Myers. And first order of business, early Sunday morning, um, Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated reported that Coach Ed Orgeron, Coach O from LSU, will not be returning as the head coach in 2022. Uh, Coach O and LSU mutually thought it would be the best idea for them to part ways. So they got together. Talks started the week before the Florida game that they will mutually part uh, part ways. Coach O, they have – I think the his buyout is $18 million. And on the surface, you think, okay, this is because of their on-field – product LSU isn't playing like LSU they won the championship which I've given a lot of credit to coach O for building that well I mean again he won it with his guys two years later last year they didn't look good this year they don't look they don't look they don't look terrible but they don't look that they're not on LSU standard so you think okay they're not on LSU standard. This is why they're parting ways with Coach O. And I think there is a lot more to that. Coach O is a fiery, brash individual. Can be very likable. But there's no doubt that after they won the national title, that Coach O... I don't know if he got full of himself. I, I think he really embraced almost the caricature he was of himself. Because he kind of was. He kind of is. I mean, he's 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 a Cajun man. He's from, you know, southern Louisiana. And that's why he's really perfect for the LSU job. All those Cajun people love him because he's one of them. That's why I don't think he can really coach 
almost anywhere else. I do have a place where I think Coach O can go. But if, if it's not going to work at LSU, where's it going to work? And why it didn't work is I don't think it has it has something to do with the on-field product. But I just think there are a lot of things going on with him around the program that people didn't like. And I and then players who have graduated even said like this is a little strange. Um at first it started with his divorce. So as soon as he wins the national title, I think a couple months go by, and then him and his wife divorce. Now, if if you divorce, if you get a divorce, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. You know, a lot of people get divorced, that's fine. But he gets divorced, and then apparently he starts bringing the uh, bringing women, younger women, to the facilities, basically to kind of flex that he's the, the head football coach. Again, that's reported by a few players. And then on top of that, he starts dating a, a younger woman, I believe in her mid-20s, I, th- I believe like a, gra- a grad student. And they're taking Snapchats, and the Snapchats go viral of them laying in bed together, them in the pool. Like, that's not a good look. Live like you want to live, but that's that's you're a figurehead for this university. You can't be doing that. Um. Not only that, um, I mean, there were the videos of him shirtless running around, which again, on the surface, it, it looks fun. Like, oh, hey, you know, he's just he's just your average um, father, grandpa, you know, that, you know, goes on his morning run. But again, other people are saying that he kind of embraced being sh- like he enjoyed being shirtless. To, again, the kind of flex of I'm a six-year-old man and I can still look like I can beat your ass. And I really think this may have been the kicker in all of it. There's a report that there is a woman who who was pregnant, by the way, um, at a gas station. There are multiple witnesses to this that, oh, said, oh, you look like you work out. And... She, you know, says, oh, you know, this and that. And you go, oh, we should work out together. And she was like, uh, I'm married and, and I'm pregnant. And apparently he responded with, well, what does that matter? What does that have to do with anything? That's, I don't know. That's, that, that's not a good look, especially that that woman is <laughs> her husband was apparently associated with administration at LSU. You can't have that. So I just think it's all of those off the field issues with Coach O being this, again, very brash, very, uh, you know, just kind of doing, kind of going through a, a midlife crisis, if you will. And I think that, I think there's some distrust, distrust on top of not hitting the LSU standard on the field. It's no surprise that they wanted to part ways. I still would have gave him a, given him another year. I still would have said so. If I was in LSU, if I was an LSU administrator, and I said, "Oh, you got to cut the crap off the field. You got you know you can't talk to women like this. You can't bring random women 
to, you know, brag about how you're the head football coach at LSU. We, we don't want to see you in provocative positions with um, your significant other. You need to cut that out or there will be consequences. And then say, you know, we need a, a nine-win season out of you, at least a New Year's Day bowl bit. So that we can at least trust that this is going in the right direction. Because right now it doesn't look like it's going in the right direction. That's what I would do if I was an LSU administrator. Um, it is if because he won the national title, because a lot of people are asking, why is he even finishing out the year? Why? Let him go now. I do think there is a level that they at least owe him that because he did get them a national title. So I believe that LSU administration saying, hey, listen, finish the year. We're going to start finding a coach, but hey, finish the year off. You can ride out into the bayou or the sunset, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that'll be that. Now, do I think a major school will take a chance on O? At first I said no, because I just think there's a lot of just how he was acting after the national title, I don't believe anyone – I just believe there might be a little bit too much baggage there. And again, this isn't like criminal baggage. This isn't he's going to cheat baggage. It's nothing like that. It's it, the, the scan, These scandals aren't major scandals, but they're a lot of smaller in, inappropriate incidences where they add up after time. And I just don't think a major program is going to take a chance, except one. I think Miami would take him. I do. I think Miami would take Coach O. Manny Diaz is on a hot seat that is hotter than hot. What better way to really re-energize your program than to get a former Miami assistant who again is fiery. He's brash. That's the U that fits their MO. Now the only thing that worries me with that whole thing is that the Miami administration don't want to be just a football school. They don't want to be known as that because again, because of scandals in the past, so they might not want to hire Ed Ogeron just because of how he's been acting. But if only football people were able to make this decision, absolutely 100% they'd hire Ed Ogeron. I don't think their athletic director would do that just because they would feel pressure from the higher-ups at Miami because, again, they don't want to be known as a football school. It's going to be interesting to see how this, all this unfolds. Um, I do think the players are going to get some extra juice. And I think that might be the other reason why is that if O leaves, they might, they can think, eh, this could get ugly. If O stays, the guys will probably, again, those players are going to want to at least win for him before he leaves. But again, I mean, let, let's, their schedule coming up. Um, so they have UL Monroe, which is a win. Um, hang on a second here. 
So LSU, again, so they have UL Monroe. Um, I believe that is in November. So that, again, that's a win. Okay, so next week they have Mississippi. They have Alabama, uh, Arkansas, UL Monroe, Texas a I mean, again, like they're what four and three right now. I don't think they beat Mississippi. They they won't beat Alabama. It puts them at four and five. I they beat Arkansas for five and five. They'll beat UL Monroe for six and five. Texas a I think is a toss up. I I don't. It's in LSU. Let's just say they lose. So they can very well go to a bowl game. It's going to be a crappy bowl game. I mean. LSU again. LSU six and six. Yeah, that's not good. Again, I still would have given out one more year, but that's just how it plays out. Uh, winners and losers. Let's start off with some winners here. Oklahoma State. Uh, Gundy has them off to a six and zero start, and I think they're finally getting some well deserved uh, rec- uh, recognition here. Beat Texas in Austin. This defense is good. Had a big pick six to really have a big swing in that in, in the momentum of that Texas game. Uh, Spencer Sanders started off slow, but really did well um, in crunch time towards the end of that game. Texas at the end, that last touchdown, those Texas players looked gassed, and they just, I don't know, it looked like they gave up. But Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy has them a rolling. I do think I'm I'm going to cover the them versus Iowa State this week, but I don't know if they're going to be undefeated after this weekend. But still, looking very good right now. Uh, oh, Purdue. We all love Purdue. Uh, Kirk Ferentz, when he sleeps at night, he sees nightmare. He or he has nightmares of David Bell. Um. David Bell accounted for 11 catches, 240 yards, a touchdown. Uh, Purdue has won, I believe, three out of the last four against Iowa. Uh, Adam O'Connell, which I was against him playing, by the way. I was a big uh, Jake Plummer guy. It's just I was wrong there. Uh, Aiden O'Connell looked great. But that Boilermaker defense, man, is looking good. I know Iowa isn't that great, but Jeff Brom and company have – they're 4-2 and two right now. They, I mean, I believe they'll get the six wins. They only need two more. Um, but if they can get the seven wins, that's a good year for Purdue. It really is. It's going to be a tough road ahead, but really good start for Purdue. How about Auburn? Um, it looks like more, every week, it's just looking like that Georgia State game is just an outlier on Auburn's schedule. Uh, the, the Tigers have won two road games against LSU and Arkansas. They had a chance to tie the game. They were down eight against Penn State in the whiteout. They had two chances to do it, and they missed both times. They put up a little bit of a fight against Georgia. Georgia was just, you know, dominant. But uh, And also the, the other two schools that they played, they absolutely dominated. Um, the, shut them both out, scored 60-some points. Again, they were trash schools, but still. Uh, right now, Auburn is 4-2. Bo Nix is making smaller decisions. He's not turning the ball over. Tiger fans have to be feeling good right now about this team and where they're going when they have very small expectations going in the air. NC State might be the front runner to win the ACC. Uh, very good receiver in Thayer Thomas. 
Their defense is good. I, I thought they beat Boston College, but they absolutely dominated them. Listen, the Wolf Pack has a shot here. They have a shot. I, the ACC is bad, really bad. And even though I do like Wake Forest, I think NC State on defense just has more, and they'll be able to slow Sam Hartman down when they do eventually play. But NC State looking really good. Things are looking things are looking nice in Raleigh. Losers. Uh, let's start with Iowa. We talked about Purdue. Let's start with Iowa. They have their entire season on the silver platter. They beat Penn State. Um, may or may not have been thanks to Sean Clifford getting hurt. So they got into a little luck. They, they didn't have to worry about the other team's starting quarterback. And then they play Purdue, and you're thinking, oh, Iowa's going to go undefeated, and they might, and their next big game is going to be the Big Ten Championship. No. Nope. Hangover loss against Purdue. And not just lose. Get manhandled by Purdue. Uh, Purdue just out-physicaled them. Absolutely out-physicaled them. And, and I know Jeff Braun or Jeff Brom, I know he's had some rough years, but, man, he keeps winning these big games. They beat Iowa, but then they'll, they'll lose to Minnesota. And I know the people were hurt against Minnesota. But still, Purdue just – they knock off – they always play spoiler. And no matter how many times – People say, don't overlook Purdue. They always end up doing it. It's crazy. Um, Iowa has a bye coming up, and they better straighten things out because they have Wisconsin. And I know everyone's down on Wisconsin, and I know their offense is bad, but this Wisconsin-Iowa game is going to be ugly, but Wisconsin's defense is legit. They are absolutely legit. So if Iowa isn't careful – they might lose again. I don't think they will. I think they'll beat Iowa. Or sorry, I think they'll beat Wisconsin because Iowa has a better offense. But defensively, Wisconsin is damn good. Another loser. Oh, poor Arkansas. Is Arkansas good? I think they're decent. But they have not arrived. Like We, we thought after the Texas A&M game that Arkansas had arrived. They haven't. Uh, Sam Pittman still, I think, is a good choice. Traylon Burks, K.J. Jefferson, a fantastic duo. They got to get something going in the run game, though, that doesn't involve K.J. Jefferson. They they got to – because this this guy is out. This guy is a warrior, He but he's absolutely killing himself out there. They need someone else. They have an easy game against Arkansas Pine Bluff this weekend. I do – hopefully they can figure some things out and finish strong with seven or eight wins. Probably the most shocking game, though, it was a game probably no one watched. Liberty lost to University of uh, Louisiana Monroe. Malik Willis had himself a day on the ground but could not get it going in the air. Three interceptions, one coming later in the game. Flames defense, I think, is the biggest disappointment in this one. Giving up 31 to ULM Monroe – or sorry, UL Monroe is awful. This uh, That offense is terrible. Terrible, and for them to give up 31 points is is not good. You, you got to fix it. And finally, the biggest loser of the week is Tennessee fans. Not Tennessee, the football program. No, no, no. Tennessee fans are the worst. 
They are the biggest loser of the week. Again, as a program, I think Tennessee has shown that they have taken some step, steps forward with Josh Harbaugh. Offense looks better. Defense is showing glimpses that they can be solid. But the fans ruin it. And I know there are some great people in Vol Nation. I've met some. And it's a great fan base. A passionate fan base. But you're terrible fans. And now it's not just on Twitter. But now it's in person. Your terrible fans are ruining your rep- reputation. Absolutely ruining your reputation. Now, I understand that the, the call was close and it could have went either way. But it was also 4th and 24. So how about not getting yourself in 4th and 24? And I don't want to sound like, I'm, you know, my pearl clenching of, oh, how could they? I understand that fans are going to do some stupid stuff. I understand that. Okay. And I understand that it's a night game. I understand tensions are high. I understand that everyone in that stadium is drunk as hell, but you're going to throw trash onto the field. You're going to throw stuff at, the opposing head coach, who I know you do not like. But that was embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. And again, you had an electric night in Neyland. An absolutely electric night there. And if it would have ended there without any of that shenanigans, the next morning... It would have been Tennessee loses a higher five game. And all the pundits, all the talking heads would say, hey, Tennessee is taking a step forward. It didn't go their way. Man, look at that atmosphere last night. Tennessee fans, they care. That's going to help recruiting. But no, what did you do? You ruined it. So instead of people, even in a loss, even in a loss, people would have been talking about how awesome Tennessee was. But instead of that, the crazy, toxic people in your fan base, the absolute psychos, the terrible ones, ruined it. And now everyone's talking about what, how your fan base is trash. No pun intended. Next on the agenda, some other, some other games. Some other games. Um, Nebraska just keeps finding, finding ways to lose. Nebraska is better than Minnesota. But for some, I, I don't know. I don't get it. Nebraska is just finding ways to lose football games. I mean, they're the best team with a losing record. And that's that's not a good thing to be. But I think Scott Frost gets himself another year. And I think next year's it. If, if he doesn't get a winning seat, if he doesn't do something next year, then he, he's going to be gone. Um, while everyone was sleeping... Utah scores 21 unanswered points against Arizona State. Again, I said this on Weekend Warriors. Utah's a team I have not watched this year. I want, I finally got to watch them. I liked Arizona State. I thought it was 21 to 7. I thought, oh, okay. I had Arizona State minus one. And Utah, man, great halftime adjustments, great fight. Defense played very well. Offense got it going. The Utes, man, I, I didn't. I don't know how they're going to be for the uh, 
for here on out, but they impressed me a little bit. They really did. Um, Michigan State and Indiana. So, oh, we're going to do all, all years later on in this episode. Um, but I did get one from my former co-host, uh, Kotz. So I'm going to read this question now before we do everything else, but before all ears, because it kind of goes with this. And he's asked, who's a bigger fraud, Michigan State or Michigan? I think it's Michigan State. Um, Indiana, again, backup quarterback in Tuttle. Their defense is really good, but their offense is is bad. It's not good. And give credit to Michigan State for holding it down in the red zone. Uh, but they force Indiana to, to kick field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. I just don't think Michigan, this Michigan State team is for real. Do I think they're a top 25 team? Absolutely. I do. I think they're a top 25 team. I don't believe they're 10 or 9 or wherever they're at right now. Michigan State is good. Peyton Thorne is good. Naylor, Reed at receiver are good. Kenneth Walker is amazing. But they are a very boom or bust offense. Indiana made them drive the field. Um, And honestly, Michigan State had a pick six in that game. If they don't have that pick six, they lose. Um, Their defense isn't good. Again, their defense, credit their defense for forcing Indiana to kick field goals. But Indiana was moving the ball. And again, they're not a good D, they're not a good offense. They were able to run the ball with Carr. I mean, I just don't think this whole this Michigan State hype, it I don't think it's good. I don't think it's a good team. I, I sorry, I shouldn't say good team. They're a ranked team, they're not a top 15 team. I would rank them probably in 2021. And honestly, I I think most Michigan State fans would agree with me. I think they know that hey, we haven't had the best um we haven't had the hardest schedule so far. I mean, again, they're a top I do think Michigan is in the 15 range. I do think they can be top 10. And I think it's going to come down to them and Penn State playing. But whoever wins that game is they're going to basically solidify their solidify themselves into staying in the top 10. Let's move on here. Oh, almost forgot. Kentucky, Georgia. Kentucky stayed in this game for a little bit. And we, Jay Arnold and I said this on Weekend Warriors, that Kentucky is going to hang with Georgia for a bit. But once they started, like, once they started shutting down the run and they were forcing Will Levis to pass more, you, you knew it was over. Will Levis is a tough kid. He's I, Listen, I like Will Levis. He's a, a warrior. He's a great guy. He's strong. He's um, he, he's just tough, gritty. But he's not a traditional quarterback. And, you know, you look at the stat line. Um, I think I read that he had – he, he had like maybe 20 attempts at halftime. Um, I mean, let's 
Well, let's take a look at how many how many passes he actually threw here um, on the day. Yeah, he had 42 attempts. That's not Will Levis. And honestly, he didn't do bad. 32 for 42, not, not terrible. That's a, that's a decent day for 192 yards. But that's just not – you're not going to – that's not how Will Levis is going to win football games. Not happening. Um, but they did put up a fight. I do think that Kentucky – I think Kentucky's for real. Not like college football playoff for real, but they're a top 12 team. I, I do believe that. Let's look at some preview this week. Some week eight stuff here. Um, Wisconsin and Purdue. Wisconsin, or Purdue's a three-point favorite. I tell you what. I, I like Wisconsin here. I really do. I think this is a game that I think Wisconsin gets back. And again, it's not going to be, it's not going to look good. Purdue is going to come off a letdown game. I, I feel like these are games Purdue loses. They beat someone and then they lose to someone that when they're favored. But I do think Wisconsin wins this football game. I, how about this? Iowa State, unranked Iowa State. They had a big aspirations this year. Iowa State is a seven-point favorite over Oklahoma State, who just beat Texas. I am I am betting a lot on Iowa State. I think Iowa State. I would wait a couple days to see if it, the, the line goes down, but I think Iowa State beats Oklahoma State. I really do. Really do. Um, seven, seven, a touchdown favorite over a team that's ranked, what, 12th now? 11, something like that. Come on. Mm-mm. Undefeated, Oklahoma State, seven-point underdog, taking, taking Iowa State there. How about this? Pitt is a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Clemson. Now, I don't know how this game's going to go. I really don't. Clemson's offense is bad. They're very bad. Pitt has a very good offense, but Clemson has a very good defense. Kenny Pickett, man, what a year for Kenny Pickett. And I don't know if it's I, I don't know if it's his age. I don't know if he's got got a few weapons there, but Kenny Pickett's doing really well. Three and a half favorite against Clemson. This defense is really good. And uh, out of Clemson. Pitts, this is going to be an ugly game, I believe. I think Clemson makes it that way. I think they're going to – this is going to be the best defense Pitt has seen so far. I think Clemson wins an ugly one. Pitt is very high right now. They just beat Virginia Tech by three touchdowns. But I just – I just feel like Clemson's going to end pull this one out. This is a game Clemson's going to pull out, and they'll probably be ranked again. Notre Dame USC, uh, Notre Dame six point favorite. Uh, I like the Irish here. USC is meh. I don't know. Off and on, Notre Dame's going to play Smash Mouth football. I just think Notre Dame has enough weapons. Jack Cohen's not going to turn the ball over. I, I like the Irish and getting that golden shillelagh. And then late game, UCLA, one and a half point favorite over 10 
ranked Oregon. UCLA is a one and a half favorite over the 10th team in the country. UCLA has a really good offense. Oregon has, you know, they have Thibodeau, but they lost their running back. I just feel that besides for Thibodeau, UCLA, as long as they can get an extra blocker on him and account for him, I think UCLA's offense is going to really do some damage against Oregon. On top of that, I think um, Oregon's offense, I think UCLA can match um, Oregon's offense. I really like the Bruins in this one. All right. Now, let's move on to our next segment, All Ears. All Ears is brought to you by Odds Crowd. Odds Crowd has fantasy betting and leagues that include over $30,000 in cash prizes when you bet on NFL and college football. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you place fantasy bets, not actual money, against real odds and lines. The most profitable bettors rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors, free to download. You can group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free. And when you're there, put in referral code BRAN13. That's B-R-A-N. One, three, that'll tell them that Jake sent you. All ears this week. Um, we got a lot of responses for on our, our all ears this week, which I'm really happy for that. <clears throat> so let's get rolling here. Uh, this one is from Cots. We mentioned one of his other questions earlier in the episode. Cots, my former my former co-podcasting host with Juke Sports, Cots asks, should Coach O's replacement be Billy Napier? I think it's a great choice. Um, I don't think Luke Fickle would want it. You'll hear James Franklin's name, but I don't believe Franklin will go to USC, and I'll be talking more about that situation a little later. Joe Brady, I don't think it's the right fit. Jimbo Fisher, he's not going to leave Texas A&M. I think Billy Napier will be good. Um, again, he's right in the back, their backyard at uh, University of Louisiana Lafayette. I think that might be a guy you take a chance on and see if you can at least build this program back up. I, I think that's a good decision. He's been in the area for a little bit. I would take a chance on Billy Napier. Uh, ben Carr, uh, longtime listener. Will James Franklin be at Penn State next year? I believe yes. If he's going to go anywhere, it's going to be USC. If he goes anywhere, it'll be USC. Um, and again, we've discussed that on the show of the reasons why. Uh, USC will give him a blank check and say, oh, what do you want? You want your assistants to get paid more? Okay. You want better facilities here? You want to compete with um, this school? This school got this upgrade to their locker room, and you want a similar one? Vine will do it, and he'll get that at USC. He's not going to get that at Penn State just because Penn State is still going by the, the mantra of the football program helps the university. The university doesn't help the football program, and quite frankly – that's just not not how things work anymore. Uh, look at Clemson. I bet you Clemson's uh, uh, attendance for 
their commitments to school, not just football, but for other sports. And on top of that, their enrollment rates are probably higher than they ever been. Why? Because you play primetime games, you, you play big national coverage games, and it's basically more publicity for, you know, and basically a, a promotional videos every single week there on TV. So I don't think James Franklin leaves Penn State. If he does, he'll go to USC. And I don't really blame him all that much. Here we go. Uh, Derek Rahowski asks, will the Big Ten power teams hold up in bowl games? Um, I'm not sure. I I think two, Ohio State and Penn State, yes, they will show up for their bowl games and they will win. I don't know. Michigan State will probably get like an Outback Bowl against maybe like an Auburn. And I think that's a really good matchup. I honestly don't know who would win that one. Michigan scares me a little bit going into bowl games just because I don't think their offense is that good. I think their defense is a lot better. But again, I don't I don't think their offense is that good. And if they face a team like Ole Miss, which I think pairs up equal to them in like a Citrus Bowl type atmosphere. I just think that Michigan won't be able to – they're eventually the defense is going to break. And, yeah, Ole Miss's def- – their defense isn't that good. But I I just think that Michigan's offense is incompetent. Uh, okay, incompetent's a little harsh. Maybe stagnant at times. But I think Penn State and Ohio State definitely – I don't think Iowa will show up for a bowl game for, for good for a bowl game. I'll say this: Indiana, if they go to a bowl game at six and six, I think they blow out whoever they play. Uh, Indiana is a good football team, a really good defense. Their offense is bad, but I think they're a lot better than their record shows. This one, Simba Kenneth, next Matt Rule to jump to the NFL. Well, I think it's Ryan Day. I think Ryan Day will go to the NFL next, and then Luke Fickle will then go to Ohio State. Another surprise one here that I think that I don't think enough people are talking about it. I think Dan Mullen might try his hand in the NFL. I really do, and that kind of leads to my next question. Um, speaking of Dan Mullen, next or does Dan Mullen coach Florida in twenty twenty two? I think he does. I don't think he'll get fired. I think by the end of the year, they'll have like eight, nine wins. And I don't think that's a fireable offense. But if, who knows, at the end of the year, again, I don't know the contract situation for Mullen. But if you're looking at the end of a contract, you know, Mullen and Florida might just say, hey, listen, we're like to kind of do what Coach O did. Coach O and LSU, hey, we're going to part ways. Dan Mullen going to try and put his hat in the NFL ring. And I, honestly, I, I think he will. Uh, let's see here. Dr. F. Dr. F asks, how long before the Bama dynasty falls? Well, first, I'll, I'll answer that question with a question. Define fall because I think Alabama with Nick Saban, at the very least, will win nine games a year. At the least. I'm talking nine wins is their floor. Is That's the worst that they're going to do. And since Saban's been there, yeah, he had a rough, I think, two first, his first two years. But since then, 
He's been rolling. Uh, 2019, they played in a Citrus Bowl, and people were talking about maybe Saban should hang it up. They, I mean, same thing with Texas A&M. The, these Bama fans are so spoiled that one loss to them is just the worst thing in the world because they're just so accustomed to winning and winning championships. And again, I guess that's a good problem to have. But as long as Nick Saban's at Alabama, that dynasty is going to stay together. Um, the Bama dynasty will fall when Saban decides to hang it up or he dies. Let's see here. Uh, Al Polish asks, who will make the playoff first? Miami, Tennessee, or Nebraska? Um, Miami. And it's because Tennessee and Nebraska have harder roads. Tennessee has to go through Alabama or possibly a Georgia or possibly a Florida or LSU if they're really good. I, it's just too much. Nebraska, same thing. You're gonna if you're in a, if you're in the Big Ten, you got to go through Ohio State, um, and that's not to say if Penn State's good in a year or Wisconsin's really good in a year or Iowa or Michigan. At, in Miami, you got to go through Clemson, but Clemson's offense is so bad right now. You got to think: eh, is the Dabo effect starting to wear off in Clemson? I don't think so. I think once they figure out that offense next year, like they'll be back because that defense is elite. Uh, but I just think Miami has the path of least resistance because if maybe Clemson's down one year, who's next? North Carolina is not a sustainable program. Florida State is in disarray right now. Um, on top of that, Virginia Tech, really good defense, or they're known for a really good be a really good defensive team, but they haven't really done anything. So. I just think Miami has the best shot of making the playoff just because path of least resistance. Um, Aaron Kreitzer, now this is a two-parter, asks, is it better to finish in the top seven 10 years in a row or win a national title one year? Um, I'm going to go win the national title one year. If I have a team or if I'm a fan of a team and they win a national title once every 10 years and – during the times they aren't winning a national title, they're outside of the top 10. I'm okay with that. Or I just want them in the times between winning a national title, I'd want them to at least be ranked. I think that, that that's key. Um, even if they're not ranked, once every 10 years, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. And then this is, goes off of, uh, off of that. With Coach O on his way out for LSU, was it worth it? Uh, yeah, it was worth it. Your first two years, I think, what, seven wins, eight wins, nine wins, and then win a national title. And now you're, what, 21 months removed from that, almost two years removed. And you go, what, five and five. And now this year you're four and three. The program isn't crazy right now. It's it's not awful. There's just not meeting the expectation on the field. And then you have Coach O who – since winning the national title, I think it kind of went to his head and he's just, you know, I don't know, just doing dumb things, <laughs> just doing dumb things uh, that doesn't make the program look good. So that program isn't in disarray. They don't have guys transferring left and right. They don't have uh, off the field issues with their players right now. 
So I, I think whoever takes over that program, kind of like Coach O taking over for Les Miles, it they're gonna it, it's gonna be a decent situation. It really is. It, it's not like um, you know Penn State after the sanctions. It's not West Virginia after Dana Holgerson, Illinois when uh, Brett Bielema took it over. It's it, it's not a bad situation. Whoever takes it over. Our CEO Joe asks, rank the Big Ten East. Rank the Big Ten East. Okay. So the Big Ten East. I would say from bottom to top, bottom to top, hmm, I would say Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. I know that's going to be a big game um, on October 30th between Penn State and Ohio State. Penn State's got to take care of business against Illinois this week. Um, But I just believe that Ohio State's offense is just so good, and C.J. Stroud is starting to put it together. Uh, when he was on national television in the beginning, we watched him against Minnesota. Everyone's like, oh, he's not that good, blah, blah, blah. Man, he's 19 years old going against his first start away against a program that, that's a decent program, Minnesota. So he's going to be better. He's surrounded by NFL talent everywhere on offense. I mean, Wilson and Olave, those two tackles are great. Um, oh, I forget the... The tight end, I, I can't think of his – I'm blanking on the tight end's name right now, is very good. Uh, defensively, yeah, they got some holes, but where they don't, um, they're, they're pretty good. Penn State is thin on the defensive line, even though that this defense is good. They're, Penn State is one or two injuries away on defense from, I don't think, being good. Except for maybe corner. That's about it. Um that's and and honestly, that's the difference between Penn State and Ohio State is that Penn State loses a guy and there's a drop off. The starters are comparable, but backups, Ohio State has just other guys that they can roll out there and win with. Penn State, you know, you get a couple guys banged up, you're you're in trouble. And that's and that's the difference between um, the two programs, but uh, until Penn state beats Ohio state, um, I, I do believe Ohio state's still a team to be in the big Ten East. Let's look here. Uh, oh, Eddie silver, our friend from another friend from Brandon, Eddie silver. How can Kentucky win the national title? Well, if I'm Kentucky, you got to root against Cincinnati. You have to, Make sure the teams in the Pac-12 definitely cannibalize themselves, and they're pretty much uh, – I think the Pac-12 pretty much um, took themselves out of the, the the college football playoff. ACC, the same thing. you got to hope those two – because there isn't a clear team in them. Oregon out of the Pac-12, yeah. ACC, I have no idea. It's looking like it's NC State and Wake Forest and Pitt to win that conference. And I just don't think those two conferences are that good. So you need those two conferences to cannibalize themselves. Um, If you really want to get in Kentucky, you got to hope that Cincinnati drops a game. And then after that, I think you're in 
if you win out because Kentucky's not going to go to the SEC championship. And here's the other thing for Kentucky. If you have to root for either Georgia getting two losses, which I don't think is going to happen, or you got to hope Georgia wins out. Georgia wins out, goes undefeated. They beat Alabama. That gives Bama two losses. Now they're out of the playoff. Kentucky has a very favorable schedule coming up where they will be favored in pretty much every game on every game from here on out. So now Georgia goes to the SEC championship. Georgia wins the SEC championship. Kentucky wins out, goes 11-1. And now you're thinking to yourself, okay, you have Georgia, you have Oklahoma, you have the Big Ten champion, and then who are you going to put in? Hmm, maybe the team that lost to number one and kind of kept it close. So I would say that's who you would put in. That's what you need to root for if you're Kentucky. If Kentucky really wants to get in, this is to- this is a total chaos scenario. How about this? Ohio State already has a loss. Ohio State beats Penn State, but then drops another game, let's just say to Michigan State or to Michigan. Ohio State now has two losses. They win the Big Ten. Now who are you going to put in? You're going to put in, you know, and especially so if Ohio State wins the Big Ten, they have two losses. Kentucky has one. Let's say Iowa wins out and say they win the Big Ten championship. Hmm, who are you going to put in? Going to put in Kentucky at 11 and 1 or Iowa at 11 and 1? And I'm telling you, if Kentucky wins out, Kentucky, their resume might look better than Iowa's right now. Just a thought. Last question. Last question um, from, this is from Freshman Al. Freshman Al asks, Texas A&M, Wisconsin, North Carolina, and Clemson. Who is the biggest underperformer this year and how will they finish? I think the biggest underperformer right now, honestly, is North Carolina. They had big aspirations this year to at least be the number two team in the ACC. But I they're what I think they're four and three right now. It's just not good. And I think they have a tough road ahead. Um Clemson, and again, we're gonna go through all these team schedules just to get a, a final a final answer here. But Clemson, I think they have a lot of wins still left on their schedule. Wisconsin, I think they have wins on their schedule. Texas, toss up. I don't know. The Texas guys quit against Oklahoma State at the end of that game. But, I don't know, Texas is kind of a mystery to me. Plus, they got Sarkeesian there. It's his first year, so you got to give him some time. Um, but, But let's take a look at some of these teams' schedules here. Um, North Carolina's football schedule. Let's take a look at this. So North Carolina currently is four and three. They're going to lose to Notre Dame. They'll lose to Wake Forest. I think Pitt is a toss up. They'll beat Wofford. That'll be, that puts them at five wins and then NC state. So let's just say they win one of those games coming up. Let's just say they beat Pittsburgh. That puts North Carolina at six and six. If they lose to Pittsburgh, guess what? North Carolina is not going bowling. And for a team that had very big aspirations, 
who has a big time quarterback in Sam Howell. They are they aren't protecting him. They don't have a good offensive line. Their defense isn't playing well. Um, this is really a disappointment for Mac Brown, um, who definitely had some high hopes coming in for that football program, who did really well. Clemson. Let's see here. Clemson. I think Clemson has some. They have some wins left. Um, they play Pitt this week. I think they do beat Pitt this week. They are a three-point underdog, but I, I I do like Pitt there. Or sorry, I do like Clemson there. So right now, Clemson's four and two. I think they beat Pitt, so that puts them at five and two. Florida State, Louisville, and UConn. That's three wins right there. That puts them at seven. Let's say they lose to Wake Forest, but then they beat South Carolina. I mean, let's see here. Four, five, six, seven, eight. I think Clemson gets the nine wins. I think Clemson goes nine and three to end their year. And guess what? They go to... um, I don't know. It's the the bowl game that's on New Year's Eve in Orlando. It was the Champs Sports. It was Russell Athletic. It might be the new Cheez-It Bowl. I think the Cheez-It Bowl moved from West Coast to East. I'm not sure. But, again, a very decent bowl, and I think think that's what will happen to them. Um, Let's look at Wisconsin now. Wisconsin – Coming off back-to-back wins, they're right now three and three. Again, Wisconsin's losses: Penn State, Michigan, Notre Dame. Not bad. Those aren't bad losses. Um, I do think they beat Purdue this week to put them at four. Iowa, I do think that Iowa that Iowa game is going to be tough. Let's just mark it down as a loss. But then they beat they'll beat Rutgers. They'll beat Northwestern. Northwestern is terrible. Nebraska, I think they beat, and Minnesota, I think they beat. So if they're three and three, four, five, six, seven, eight, I think Wisconsin goes eight and four, seven and five. They'll go bowling. That puts them in either, I think, the West Coast Cactus Bowl or the Alamo Bowl or the Belk Bowl. One of those three bowl games. Again, an average year for Wisconsin, but. by no means an awful one because again their losses are are legit good losses um texas is an enigma texas is i I just i I don't know how to take them i I don't like their uh, or sorry i don't like their defense really at all their offense is good sarkeesian more offensive minded guy but let's look here. So Texas right now is four and three. I mean, they got Baylor, Iowa State, t- Kansas. Okay, Kansas is a win. That puts them at five. They'll beat West Virginia, although I think that'll be harder. Um, but because it's in West Virginia. So, and then they have Kansas State. So this team can go eight and four or six and six. And I have no idea if. I have no clue. Again, Sarkeesian is in his first year. It's it's there's going to be some growing pains there, but by no means is Texas that much underperforming. Just because coming in, I think a lot of people thought, eh, 
this is gonna this is this might be a rough year because uh you know Sarkeesian came in and again it's a whole different atmosphere. So who's the biggest underperformer this year? Um looks like record wise finishing the year, North Carolina is gonna be like that. Um Clemson will go probably nine and three at worst, eight and four. Wisconsin will go anywhere from eight and four, seven and five, and Texas eight and four to six and six. I just it's going to be a toss up. We got to see what they have coming out. So we're going to end the episode with something a little strange. Um, I received a direct message from someone called the commission. And the commission sent me this it, it's it wasn't a question it was a pr- pretty much a statement and this i, I want to read this because this is how we're going to end the episode here um so the commish writes this to me if you were to splice the dna of a filthy slimy louisiana shrimp and a fat stinky warthog you'd get coach o glad he's out at lsu after the season I don't want to see his fat, sweaty face or or hear his voice. He needs a respiratory therapist and a towel. Get him off the TV. Well, thank you very much, Kamish. (laughs) Thank you for that statement. Um, Yeah, so there's that. Um, Thank you all for tuning in again. It was an absolute pleasure and have a good week.